to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Hello from the other side. <laughs> I told you I'd sing that. Uh, hello. <laughs> Don't have to pay rights for that because it's so good. <laughs> and what, it's better people, than the original. People figure that was actually on the podcast. Ooh, what a superstar guest. I think we should just put a name in the title. <laughs> but we do have a superstar guest with us today. Uh, <laughs> now that we've said Adele, this loses yeah. some of the impact. Welcome to the podcast, Paul Hudson. Hello. I don't think I can follow up against Adele, but... No one um, no no else has got the confidence to sing their uh-huh. intro. <laughs> uh, hello, Paul. Good to have you with us yet again. Yes, I realised yes. it was fairly recently we had you for Entourage. Oh, on, on to, yeah. Hopefully we'll have more fun. <laughs> yeah. Because that's you... still a terrible film. It's it's still our worst podcast because we're so upset about the film. <laughs> And we still don't understand what Johnny drama is. <laughs> uh, Andy, would you like to tell the dear listeners what the hell is going on what here? What are we doing? Why have we got more than two people in the room? Well, it's because we're going back to something we enjoyed doing the first time round. Um, quite some months ago we did um, comic book pictures. Mm. Where we took it in turns, it was me, Fowler... And Barrett took it in turns. No, no it wasn't Barrett. It was judged. me. Because oh, Barrett had recently been declared that he knew comics. Uh, so he was the one who was able to judge. Yeah, so we movies. took it in turns to pitch a comic book idea that we want as a film or a TV show. I think we all remember that I went with basically Seven. Uh, <laughs> you went with Moon Knight. The, We're basically Batman. Moon Knight, the TV series that then definitely turned into a film halfway through. Carlo <laughs> went with... Carlo went with Something, <laughs> something, a comic for people who don't like comics. <laughs> so we decided, Unsurprisingly, Andy won. We decided that the best thing to do would go back to something that we enjoyed, and that's why we've got Paul with us today. That's what Hollywood seems to be doing at the moment anyway, <laughs> so... We're rebooting ideas. Yeah. <laughs> but that's we'll call we're... it a reimagining, I think. <laughs> it lends it a bit more sort of critical... Uh, appraisal I think that way. <laughs> uh, but we're going to try hitting all those nostalgia beats the reason we've got Paul here is because he out of every one of us possibly apart from you knows actual comics <laughs> yeah that, that, that would be true as much as Barrett knows comics there is an asterisk next to that which is <laughs> he does not know comics brackets, he doesn't know comics at all uh, and I don't know too much about comics I know the big stuff I know the villains mm. and I know the heroes and I know which one wins. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's, it's the heroes. All, always, basically. Most of the time. Like, so much, so many times that it doesn't even matter now. There's no real threat, I feel. That changes with mine. <laughs> so, yeah, what we're going to do is you're both going to pitch an idea. Mm-hmm. And I get to be the judge today, which is good. Are you looking like, forward to that? I, I am. You are a judgmental person by nature. Because it means that I don't have to have an idea of my own to bring to the table. <laughs> Moon, Knight, right. Moon Knight took a lot out of me. Moon Knight was worked on for about four weeks. And, and there was a Word document that seemed like it was longer than your dissertation. <laughs> if my dissertation was on Moon Knight, I think I would have passed university. <laughs> uh, okay, well... So, so who's going to start? I'll, I'll kick things off so that Paul knows how this stuff is done. He can watch an expert at work. Okay, <laughs> so... so. We'll leave it in your hands now. Okay, thank you. I'm excited. So, my name is Alex Hudson. Don't I'm here to up. tell you. I'm here to tell you about a wonderful film that I'm pitching. Comic books are all the rage. You may know this as executives <laughs> in Hollywood. Um, I was criticised for my last one because it was too serious and downbeat, and not enough superhero stuff in it. So, I because we all remember that the last shot of the Carnage uh, film was the only time you saw Carnage wearing the Carnage costume. <laughs> Which isn't a costume, it's a symbiote. Of course, we all know that. So, I thought, okay, well, Marvel have proven this year that they're still better at making movies than DC because they are more fun. They're, they're a more enjoyable time in the cinema. They have a story. Yeah, uh, yeah and they have a comprehensible plot. Yeah, sure. So I thought, okay, I need to lighten the mood slightly. I need to go a bit more mainstream with this rather than my 18-rated David Fincher film. <laughs> it is Craven the Hunter. Okay. Another solo villain film. 
a solo Spider-Man villain film, which I'm really sticking with that. But this time, I've chosen the correct direction for this to go in. Craven the Hunter. He was trained in the jungle by a mercenary named Gregor. Okay? I don't know if you know this, but that's that's where he comes from. He's a he's a kind of a posh guy who goes into the jungle and finds finds himself himself yeah basically like when your friends go on a gap year <laughs> and all they find is a worse version of themselves so our story starts in the jungles of south america he's being trained in the hunt by gregor okay so he's learning the laws of the jungle how to hunt animals who the biggest dog in the food chain is all this kind of stuff <laughs> um so he's been uh, gregor Gregor, the man who he's learning from, is basically like a Yoda figure. Mm-hmm. He's been living in this jungle as like a hermit for years now, right? Like three foot tall. Yeah. Speaks backwards. Three foot tall, green, pointy ears, speaks backwards, and it's called Gregor, just like Yoda's <laughs> first name. It's yeah, good... Gregor Yoda. It's a good thing Disney own both Marvel and Star Wars, isn't it? You, mm. won't, get, you won't get sued for that. Yeah, that's perfect. We can combine. Uh, we can combine. No. Combinize? Oh, we can combinize ah, franchises. Have a day off. Uh, we can combine the franchises. Anyway, so, basically, Gregor's been keeping Craven in captivity, almost. He's not told him about the outside world. Despite him coming from the outside world into came, the jungle. He came when he was a baby. He was... <laughs> to find, okay. Hold on, as a baby, he came to find plane himself. Crash, plane crash in a jungle, right? And his toddler... Was went, found by Gregor. Went, I'm going to find myself in this jungle. <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, definitely how you pitched? Yeah, but you don't know, you don't know what a toddler's thinking. <laughs> Okay. That's the beauty of a toddler. They could be they could be thinking anything up there. Okay, so so he's not told Craven about the real world. Okay. okay. And one day Craven is out in the forest yeah. hunting on his own and he finds a tourist camp. They've done like a sort of I don't know, like a safari type thing to the jungle. Mm-hmm. And he finds a pamphlet sitting on like a log where someone's clearly just finished their breakfast. And it's a pamphlet of New York City. And he's looking at it, he's like, what is this strange place with these metal and concrete trees and all these animals that look so much like me but aren't animals because they walk around on two legs? What is this Coca-Cola? That kind of stuff. <laughs> so he goes back to the, to the hut and he confronts Gregor. He says, what is this? New York City? <laughs> What is this? You've never told me about this. And Gregor says, no, don't go there. It's a godless place. No one no one there enjoys themselves. It's a horrible place to go. You're much safer in the jungle. You are the king of the jungle here. That that jungle is unruly. Cannot be ruled by any king. Look at Rudy Giuliani, ex-mayor of New York City. <laughs> Thank you. So, Craven says, nah, you know what? I'm going to go. He's like a petulant teenager at this point. <laughs> okay. Except he's not a teenager. He's a full-grown man. He's like 45 by this point, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how I know. Old, how, how, how long has he been in this jungle? Uh, Gregor is... Let me just check my casting. He's in his 70s. Um, so, he gets a boat to yeah. New York City because a boat is the only thing he trusts because he doesn't know about planes because they're big metal birds in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Despite him travelling on one... When he was a kid. Yeah, but he doesn't remember that. He's a full-grown man now. Anyway, so he arrives in New York City. He gets into all kinds of scrapes because he doesn't know about jeans. Things like that. Like, he's there wearing his loincloth. And they're like, you need to put on trousers. And he's like, what are these trousers I hear so much about? And they're like, yeah, you should definitely have been wearing these. So, he doesn't know about jeans, uh, Angry Birds, Banjo-Kazooie, <laughs> and Ask Jeeves. <laughs> These scrapes, it should be pointed out now, are hilarious. They're really funny. Uh, so, we've got the lightness there. We've got the darkness of the story in that he's a he's an orphan. Yeah, yeah. But we've got the lightness in the sense that he gets into scrapes because he doesn't know etiquette. This is really high-level humour, okay? <laughs> We're really operating on another level. Okay. Whilst he's in New York City, we see in the background a lot of Spider-Man swinging through the city <laughs> doing the stuff, right? And he's doing his thing. And he one day he spots... 
Craven, and he's like, why is that guy dressed like a supervillain? Because he's dressed weird. Yeah. And that's it. Like, Craven's a guy, like, he's nice. He's nice. He's got no. He's got no reason to turn against the city of New York. Why would he? He's got no reason to turn against Spider Man <clears throat> until Spider Man wrongs him. So he gets beaten up in the street by Spider Man, and then it gets filmed by CNN. We'll say, <laughs> and then he's he's walking past. You know how in the films they always walk past shop windows. It's got like loads of TVs yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And the headline is. Uh, Jungle idiot gets beaten up by hero <laughs> Spider-Man. And he looks at it and he's just standing there. Um, Adele plays. Hello from the other side. I don't know why, but the other side being the other side of the glass he's looking in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because he's uh... actually looking into New York City through the glass pane of his upbringing. Mm, very strange, isn't it? Very poignant <laughs> film that I've created here. <laughs> so. He then turns against Spider-Man. And he's like, right, well, I'll make it my mission to hunt him down. I'll make it my mission to find out who this guy is and get him to apologise to me. That's what he wants. (laughs) He just wants an apology because he's made him look like a dickhead on national TV. What follows is an exciting chase sequence in which he runs around the rooftops of New York following Spider-Man as he slings his way across, right? It's very much the last ten minutes of the movie. Like, the first 70 minutes are him getting into scrapes in New York City. And not understanding things. And doesn't understand how to pronounce ciabatta, for instance. <laughs> ciabatta. Ciabatta, yes. So, let's let's be clear about this. What I've created here is a fun family film. Okay. Film for all the family. Because that's the thing, is that I think maybe, I, I think it's great that Captain America's getting all political intrigue That's great. I think there's still some space for some good 90s-style family fun. Yeah, the niche in the superhero film market is like a superhero finding Nemo, where it's yeah, just well, a fish out of water in a completely strange Look place. at Thor. That was a wasted opportunity because that was a fish-out-of-water film that didn't get it right. Okay. This one I've got right, because I'll tell you for why. Mm-hmm. I've got the so greatest it... piece of casting for Craven the Hunter that you've ever seen. So how does, hold on, how does it end? Oh, it ends with him finding him. And Spider-Man says to him, look, man, you dress weird. And in New York City, that usually means that you're one of my villains. (laughs) And he's like, no, I'm a good guy, honestly. And he shows him, like, he shows him all these drawings he's done of Gregor and the (laughs) Joker. And he's there, like, look at where I came from. And and Spider-Man's like, oh, you know what? Maybe you are okay. And they all learn a little bit about each other that day. It's a real beautiful film. So he's not a villain anymore. Well, he is and he isn't, you know. He inappropriately touches women because he doesn't understand the boundaries. (laughs) So he's a villain in that sense and the police will be after him now, but Spider-Man's sort of okay with him. We can end the the film with him in prison, but ultimately what we have to remember is he's learned an important lesson about accepting every culture, not just your own. And so has Spider-Man. He's learned that as well. Okay, so you say he got casted. Casting is beautiful. I'm ready. So obviously Tom Holland's playing Spider-Man. Obviously. We'll fit that straight into that universe. And it's that kind of fun 90s sort of Spider-Man that we need. We don't want gritty Spider-Man. We want fucking comic booky Spider-Man. To make it family friendly, I've cast the most family friendly person and someone who has great experience <laughs> of working within this setup of a film. Yep. We all remember that Jungle to Jungle was a really good film, right? <laughs> In which Tim Allen... <laughs> Finds out he has a kid who's lived in a jungle for <laughs> 16 years. Well, Tim Allen is Craven the Hunter. <laughs> okay. Gregor, played by Sylvester Stallone. Because he's like a wise old hermit, sort of. He's reprising his role from Creed, essentially, but he's just living yeah. in a treehouse. That's does, the only difference. Does he still difference. get to wear all the hats? Oh. Yeah, he wears a different hat depending on how he's feeling that day. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he wears like a Jim Miroquai style hat if he's feeling flamboyant. <laughs> J.K. Simmons plays J. Jonah Jameson, of course. Of course. Because you can't make a Spider-Man. Are they making... Is he going to be in the new Spider-Man? No, he, he's the... He's, he's Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, Gordon. yeah, so he's not going to be... So he's not going to be, not gonna be J. Jonah Jameson anymore. Yeah. Hang on, I need to phone Hollywood and tell them they've got something wrong. <laughs> um... 
you're weekly phone call to Hollywood to tell them they've got something wrong. His, uh, his sort of jungle companion, uh, other than Gregor, is a little monkey. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you about this earlier. Is that like... going to be like a Rocket Raccoon style? Uh, yeah, yeah, but he won't talk. He won't is talk. it going to okay. be that would be the weird. monkey from the film Outbreak? Close. It is a monkey from a film, but it's not from Outbreak. Is it Planet of the Apes? That one's one's dead now. Is it Mighty Joe Young? It's the monkey from Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) The same type of monkey. Yeah, like a little tiny chimp thing. Yeah. I can can see that. Which also might be the same monkey from Ace Ventura. One more piece of casting is the kindly New Yorker who takes Craven in and teaches him the ways of New York. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Fantastic. I've worked out an algorithm for the box office as well, because I know that ultimately <laughs> a Marvel film has to be successful at the box office, right? Yep. So I've worked out this algorithm that basically... I've, I've seen similar examples of this sort of film and gone, okay, this combines all of the best things about those films. So realistically, that means that it should equal the gross total of what they made, right? Okay. So it's going to earn us $1.2 billion. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2 made $709 million. Jungle to Jungle made $59 million. And that was in old money. That was in 1995 money, I think. Okay. George of the Jungle made $173 million. And Crocodile Dundee, which is basically is as well, let's be honest, yeah, but... made $328 million. Grand total of $1.2 billion, right? Yeah. We can't fail. This is going to be the most successful Marvel film of all time. Do you not feel like think. there's a slight flaw in adding up the... the, the if it combines all these films, mm-hmm. do you th- not think it would be more appropriate to average out the box office totals across the five well, to get to get what you you're looking at <laughs> rather than rather than adding up as made as Five Man Two I think with what various jungle themed and... no, no because what you get is <laughs> I don't think you fully understand my algorithm my algorithm is <laughs> is I think is airtight in this in oh. this instance because number one right. You say, why can you just add those together and then that is your box office total? That's not how it works. Clearly it is. <laughs> because you get everyone who's wanting to see another Spider-Man film, right? This has got Spider-Man in it for a fair bit. I mean, he's swinging in the background of yeah, the yeah. scenes, but he's still in it. So everyone who went to see Amazing Spider-Man 2 will come and see this film. Okay. You cannot argue can, with can, that can, fact. I can. Well, surely everyone who went to see Captain America Civil War would want to see this because it's Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Fuck it, two billion then. Two billion. Because <laughs> none of those people are in no? the same. No. All right. All right. All right. On the Venn diagram. I don't think they are because I don't. I don't like <laughs> Captain America. Uh, no, I liked Captain America: Civil War, but I didn't like uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Number one. I didn't even bother the number two. That's yeah, how yeah, I'm that, angry. That, that's a good that's call. the right way to look at it. So you get everyone who went to see that film. Definitely all the Spider-Man fans. And you get the fans of people who like jungle films where a jungle person comes to regular New York and gets into scrapes. Most of those people live in the 1990s, I'll give you that. (laughs) But what we have to remember is that I haven't adjusted those figures for inflation. So Crocodile Dundee made 300 million when it came out. That's mad. Yeah, That's mad because that's the 80s, I think. Yeah. We could be looking at... This could be, on its own, the most successful thing ever. It, it not not only be. film, I'm talking business venture. I'm talking like Microsoft ain't got shit on this. Okay. <laughs> when you wrote this, you told me you'd written the best thing ever, right? I mean, I've yet to see any argument as to why it is. Well, I wrote one note during your thing, which okay. is, your plot is basically George of the Jungle and coming to America. Yes. There's nothing new. Coming yet. to America... I'm sorry, right, Andy, I I get what you're saying there, but since when does things have to be new? We've seen from Hollywood recently (laughs) that new doesn't mean anything. Coming to America is a great film. George of the Jungle is fine. (laughs) (laughs) This has got Spider-Man added. Do you understand how well that elevates it? Yeah, okay, the story is fairly simple. I'm sorry, but the story in every comic book film is fairly by by the numbers. Like, Oh, 
I don't like you because you're saying one thing. Well, I like the government, so I'm going to argue. Like, you boil civil war down, it's just two guys who don't like each other because they say different things. I've seen that a thousand times. Twelve Angry Men did that. (laughs) Did it better. I don't want to say that, but, you know, you made me play my trump card. My trump card is... Every film is pretty shit. (laughs) And this just happens to be the best. Well, let's see what you're up against, because, you know... I'm fairly confident in my chances now, because until I'd said it then, I'd never read it out loud, and I loved hearing it. Paul got a a car crash of a script right here. Well, it comes from my family, so you never know. (laughs) It might run in the genes. um, Okay, Paul. I feel like this is... This is literally the furthest tone-wise that you could go from Craven the Hunter pitch that we've just heard. Hit me in my bulletproof um, armour, mate, because nothing's getting through. So so you've gone with a nice Spider-Man villain-centric film. Family film. Remember, right. it's a family film. Um, <laughs> mine, mine, mine is most definitely a DC, fairly villain-centric. It's still a... Can I just interject here? It's DC, so we do need to hold that against you. Uh... <laughs> Okay. On their enough. on their recent efforts, yeah. we, we I don't know if we can well, put you at a disadvantage immediately, but I do in my head think, okay, yeah. well, uh, good luck. One of the biggest problems with with that I'm just going to come out with outright is that I wrote this pitch before I saw Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. hoping okay. I could slot it into this to forget, current DC world. Do you want me to forget that Suicide Squad came out? What I want you for, to forget Done. is that Jared Leto is the Joker. Okay, so that okay. doesn't exist. I have recast the Joker. I'm keeping Batfleck, but it's it's still it, you okay. know just cannot this this story cannot work with whatever that was. Okay, so what is the title of your film? Uh, so the title is simply Arkham Asylum. Now, it is um, it is an adaption of the graphic novel uh, Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on a Serious Earth, which led to the game and everything like that. Um, so it's also not... If you, one of your... You, you guys said that you didn't like DC because it's all doom and gloom. You... Not that I don't like DC because of that. I like the, yeah. I don't like DC for a number of reasons. The 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 motivating one for that probably is Zack Snyder. There's no shade. There's no different yeah. level. Yeah, there's no level. It seems to all be very muddy and very dark, dark and sort of. Mm. Okay, well, what I've done with this, I'm gonna let's forget Snyder because I don't think he's going to be doing any of the Batman Please. films. And this is definitely Please a let film. me. Um, <laughs> Go on. So. Um, it's it's um, basically the whole the whole idea of the film is that Joker takes over Arkham Asylum and mm-hmm. he um, sort of lures Batman there by saying that you know if he doesn't come he's going to kill all the staff members that he's taken hostage and everything like that. Um, so you know fairly standard. That sounds idea. quite Jokerish. Yeah, yeah, but um, but he's definitely in in this in this adaptation. I wanted him to be a lot more traditional Joker than that. Mexican drug cartel boss that was in Suicide Squad. Okay. Um, so, and basically throughout this film, it's got two. So, it, obviously, present day stuff is Batman going to the asylum, and then it has flashbacks of uh, the founder of Arkham Asylum about when he actually set the whole place up and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, uh, Batman sort of arrives that arrives at the asylum, not knowing what to expect, and. Um, you know, he, he gets there to find that uh, in the like the whole entrance hall, Joker's there with with a couple of doctors that he's held hostage. Uh, there's a doctor, Charles Cavendish, who's like the runs the asylum basically, and then the the lead psychiatrist, Doctor Ruth Adams. Okay. Um, and so in in this like like Joker just sort of talks to him for a bit, you know, in this sort of classic, more comic book style, more what you'd see in the fir- the original Batman film with yeah. Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. But, um, and so they just, we're they ignoring just sort of... the Burt Ward and uh, Adam West one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they just um, and what what Joker sort of gets Batman to do is see how how the inmates at the asylum are doing after all their treatment. So they see like Two Face, and these these um, they Two Face has been introduced to have like to use a dice to make decisions, and they put it up to a pack of cards, and then they finally put it up to a pack of tarot cards, where it's like. Like hundred or some something. Yeah. Mm. Um. So every time he goes to make a decision, he needs to do that, and then so you like you see you see Two Face trying to decide whether to go to the toilet, and literally he's got this de- like massive <laughs> packet of tarot cards, and then just like pisses himself. 
But it's the, the whole idea is Which that... is my reaction to tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> I see them and I just weep. Um, but yeah, then it kind of... So all throughout, it's got intermittent flashbacks as well. So mm-hmm. it flashes back to um, the founder of the asylum, Amadeus Arkham. Now, I feel like I need to just introduce his... Uh, can I introduce a potential theme song for him, which is Rock Me Amadeus? <laughs> <laughs> That would be perfect, actually, because I'm going to cast really? John Goodman as as Amadeus Arkham. I can, I can some great casting. I've, I've got no I mean, issues there. I don't, just... I don't need to know anything about the character. You just told me John Goodman. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. Um, I already so feel like I've been beaten. It sort of flash, flashes back to um, to him opening the asylum, and it's got um, you know, they, 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 and just just so that I get Andy's approval here. Jeffrey Dean Morgan cameos. Yes! Because Tom... Oh, bullshit! Tom Wayne did uh, finance a lot of the asylum when it was uh, Ah, created. suck it! So you get to see a nice so flashback it actually sequence. fits into the yeah. story. <laughs> um, I thought he'd done it just to suck up to you, but clearly it was both. Uh, but but it, it shows that when he starts the asylum, he starts off, and he, he's actually a psychiatrist himself, so he's like doing a therapy session with their first major okay. patient and stuff like that. He's this murderer called Martin Hawkins. Um... But yeah, and then it sort of snaps back to the present day and uh, basically Joker issues Batman a challenge. He basically tells him that if he can get out of the asylum, because he's like locked it all down, he's like, if he can get <laughs> out of the asylum in the next hour, then he'll let all the staff go and won't do anything else. But if it's if he's still in the asylum within an hour, he's going to open up all the sort of inmates to come after him. So basically everyone that Batman's ever put in Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Um so, basically, he, he sends him on his way, but says to him before he goes, do you think you should be in here with us? That sort of thing. That's the sort of theme of it, basically. Um, so, like, Batman basically goes off, just tries tries to escape his way, and he comes across uh, this sort of corridor in the basement level of the asylum where they do the sort of off-the-books methods of... Therapy, so it's where they do all the like electroshock therapy and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and finds a few of his old uh, old sort of foes in there. Uh, so it's people like like he finds Clayface, who who's a shapeshifter in in the Batman the universe, mm-hmm. and in the whole in the comics anyway, he's got like weird. He had a chemical accident where it's affected his skin, so it can change shape and everything like that. And when he finds him, he finds that um, he's had so much he's had so much damage done to him that he's just sort of melting. And like there's bits of his flesh all over the cell, and he comes across other people as well. But th- and then it kind of flashes back to Amadeus Arkham giving up with this original patient Martin Hawkins that he had, and sort of in- inflicting these sorts of therapies on him. Like, and it shows how he's kind of lost, he kind of lost his way when he from when he opened the asylum. Yeah, doesn't believe anymore that they can be helped. He just thinks that they should suffer, basically. Mm. Um, so then it cut. Uh, back, so it snaps back to Batman and uh, he comes across uh, the Mad Hatter who um, I don't know if any of you either of you watch Gotham series. Uh, no. been... I've seen the first mm. four episodes of the first the series and, a half and then went oh god Fair enough. Enough. well he, he is I mean he's a fairly obscure villain but basically the gist I mean he, he again he sort of models himself after the Mad Hatter and Alice in Wonderland and basically, in, in the darkest comics, and this is an adaption of one of Grant Morrison's comics, which are, as anyone who might have read them knows, probably the darkest Batman ones there are. Um, basically, in the in the comics, he's a paedophile, and like mm-hmm. he goes around looking for people that fit the description of Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. So it's that sort of twelve-year-old blonde girls. Right. But um, yeah, so he <laughs> he's talking to Batman, um, and basically, this is a bit of a chance for Batman to have a bit of dialogue where he kind of questions whether he's sane himself mm. and whether you know what what he's doing is is fueling what his foes are doing essentially mm. um so uh, and the, the mad hatter has the line where it's like sometimes i think the asylum is in in the head we're inside a huge head that dreams us all into being and you're the center of that head and it's like that, that whole it's sort of making him question whether he's what he's doing is right essentially by putting all these people into Arkham Asylum. Um, so then it snaps back to the Joker, and it's been about half an hour since he set, gave Batman the challenge, um, and a cu- couple of the other sort of villains are sort of pressuring him, wanting to go after Batman. 
So he lets uh, Killer Croc and Victor Zaz go after mm-hmm. him. Then uh, sort of Killer Croc ambushes Batman and like throws him out this window kind of thing and in this it's sort of off the staircase. Um and basically Batman like ends up having to having to actually kill Killer Croc to like survive. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a big thing in the comics is that Batman only killed. Not in this one. Although, not in the, not no, in the DC universe. I'm just saying, if, we, if we're going off of the DC yeah. universe, this Batman is a stone called killer. Yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, it kind of works mind. in that sense. But, but he's also a member of Peter, so he can't kill crocodiles. Ah, <laughs> um, but yeah, he basically gets injured in the whole thing as well, though. So he's bleeding pretty badly because Killer Croc kind of mauled him while, he's, while he was attacking him. Um, but he kind of sort of picks himself back up. Um, and then finds this sort of secret entrance to a weird like tower thing. Scooby Doo. Um, <laughs> okay. Now it turns out this. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. But there, another um, goes back to another flashback of Amadeus Arkham. Now it's the the asylum back like back when it was first started. After he's done all this bad therapy to this uh, Martin Hawkins guy, um, the asylum's gone on red alert because like Martin Hawkins has escaped. Um, now. So Amadeus Arkham sort of heads back to his house and then finds his wife and daughter there, dead, with Martin Hawkins sort of having killed them both. And he's just sitting there covered in their blood. And Amadeus Arkham beats him lifeless to a bloody pulp with his bare hands. Which I thought would be a nice scene for John Goodman to do as well. Yeah, Yeah, a really Um, pleasant scene for him to do. And then... so uh, while 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 that's all happening, Amadeus sort of it, basically there's this monologue over these flashbacks where it's him talking about like as if it was his diary entries talking about what mm. what sort how that things made him felt, and he goes back and compares um, Martin Hawkins to this uh, to to this weird bat creature that his mother used to see when she, when he was younger, and he actually ended up killing his uh, his own mother because she'd gone completely insane and um amadeus gets to the point where he believes that martin hawkins is that bat creature and it's that whole essence of evil essentially um and he finishes off right right off um and then he go goes upstairs having been essentially driven insane by the asylum he worked in his upbringing and seeing his own family just die in front of him and he goes and puts on his mother's old dress that she died in and starts dancing around and then kills himself with a razor. Uh, so nice. flip, flips back to the present day um, and Bat- Batman gets up to this secret tower room. And it turns out this is essentially this basically the office of Amadeus Arkham. It's where he used to sort of keep all his own his old things mm. and everything. And, um, he goes up there to find uh, doc, uh, the two doctors from the initial oh, entrance yeah. hall, Doctor Cavendish and Doctor Adams. And Doctor Cavendish, who runs runs the asylum, uh, is holding Doctor Adams hostage, holding the razor blade that Amadeus killed himself with to her throat. Um, now he has a big sort of confrontation with him. Turns out that um, Doctor Cavendish thinks that he is the reincarnation of Amadeus Arkham. And believes that Batman is this bat creature, funnily enough, that his 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 mother had seen when when she um before before she sort of died, um and basically accuses Batman of sort of fueling the insanity in the asylum and saying that these people are only here because you exist. They would not be here if you weren't here. You've given them something to focus on and something yeah. to to make their insanity into something violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of sort of launches himself at Batman and attacks him. Obviously, Batman had been wounded earlier by Killer Croc, so he's a bit weaker anyway. And then uh, the uh, psychiatrist, Doctor Adams, kills Doctor Cavendish before he can before he can kill Batman. Um, so there's actually not that much of Batman fighting in this film either, because it is mainly him getting his ass kicked by <laughs> other people. Um, yeah, so that, that that they end up sort of go, going back down to the entrance hall where the Joker still is, um, and obviously it turns out that the Joker never did any of this stuff. He was just under the like the Doctor had let him out and used him as his voice essentially to get yeah. Batman there. Um, but yeah, get, gets back down there, and and the Joker with along with the other villains sort of say say to Batman. Um, well, Batman kind of says to them that. Um, 
you know, he's gonna he's gonna let them all out because he doesn't think that they he doesn't think that them being in the asylum is helping anyone. He he sort of that seeing how he's affected these people has made him realise that the asylum is just making things worse. Mm-hmm. And then the joke sort of offers to put him out of his misery and kill him. And Batman gives uh, gives Two Face back his old original coin and says it should be up to Two Face what wh- whether they get to kill Batman or not. So, but uh, you know, Two Face calls the toss and he says like you know land scratch side up then uh, we'll kill Batman if it lands face side up we won't. Uh, so he flips the coin, says that Batman can go, and then the very last shot is everyone like all the villains and Batman like leaving the asylum basically. And then Two-Face looks down at the coin and it landed scratch side up. So it shows that despite everything, to, like despite all that Batman saw that night, Two-Face's treatment had worked because he could finally make decision out of his own free will. Yeah. So whatever methods they were using did actually work to cure him kind of thing. It's that whole, whole idea. So that that's a that's that's about it. And that that's why it's literally as far away as you can get from a family friendly, <laughs> family friendly little. Uh, there's no japes in this one. I feel no. I don't. I, there's lots of capes, but no japes. <laughs> um, but I do think I, I think it's the casting for, mm. for, uh, for it. So just like said, mine, to be honest. <laughs> I've had I've had to I've had to recast the Joker because I did not think that. Jared Leto's Joker would fit into that sort of vibe mm. at all. Okay. Um, so the Joker I, I've gone with is Eddie Redmayne, basically playing okay. Eddie Redmayne as he is in interviews. I don't know if you've ever seen him in interviews, but no. he's manical. He's a bit, you know, he's really overexcited and so basically naturally just is quite. Are you sure you don't want Eddie Redmayne from Jupiter Ascending? Uh, I I have not seen that film, but I can guarantee no. <laughs> okay, I see where you're going from there. Um, then I've put for Two Face, gone with Ed Norton because mm-hmm. I think that Ed Norton is pretty good at making himself seem like well, he, he could play someone pissing themselves quite quite well. I think he would actually piss himself as well. That's yeah, the I, yeah, yeah Ed he's, the, he's that sort of. You bring him in, he will piss himself. <laughs> he does it even if you don't ask him to. <laughs> Um, so the 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 Mad Hatter, the paedophile one, I've gone with Joseph Fines. Okay. I thought um, he, an interesting he's choice. Not too big of an actor to take a smaller part mm. in it. No, he's jealous of Rafe. Yeah. That's for sure. But <laughs> if, if he could get some tips from Rafe after Red Dragon about how to play a weirdo quite well, I think. And I've seen, you know, he's he's in um, American Horror Story season two as a bit of a weird guy as well. So. Yeah, he plays the priest in that, yeah. right? Mm. Um, I've literally no idea who this guy is. Fair enough. Uh, Ray Fine's brother. He's in Enemy at the Gate. One of your favourite films. I enjoyed, but I couldn't point he's out. Literally, the, the one that's not Jude Law or Ed Harris. <laughs> Those he's are the only two people I know in that he's film. The, he's the other sniper, basically. I'm sure that's me. Carry on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Clayface, I've gone with Bob Odenkirk because uh, okay. in in oh yeah, I forgot to say when he, even though he's wasting away physically, mm. he's still shifting into other people like when he's talking and stuff like that. So he's do, ba- basically doing impressions. I thought Bob Odenkirk would be a good choice there. No Jim Carrey, interesting. Uh, no, no Jim Carrey. <laughs> I've got oh, so that's who I might have gone for. Good at impressions. <laughs> we are, well, well, he's got a rubber face. We can, we can, we can say, save him for uh, the Riddler return, can't we? What is that? One of your pieces? Oh, of no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I say, I think no, I've won this. No. One. No. <laughs> okay, um, fine. Uh, then. Dr. Cavendish, the one who's sort of taken over the asylum now, mm-hmm. is played by Robert Forster. Oh! Jackie Brown. Yeah, 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 okay. So, okay, I didn't know what age we were going with there. But oh, Robert yeah, Forster, yeah, so, okay. so what, he's 70s, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By now. Um, you won't know him. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> he's like he's th- a good actor. Th- this this casting cool. is not going well. Which, for, for my... which Fast and the Furious did he appear? <laughs> um... Dr. Ruth Adams is Julianne Moore. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she. Uh, basically, I thought she's not too big to it. She's not... She likes money too much to turn down a comic book thing, I think. 
Right. <laughs> even though she is a good actress in a lot of things, she is in some dog shit. So even if this turned out to be dog shit, I think she'd still. So obviously, obviously, okay. as I said earlier, Amadeus Arkham is John Goodman. Yeah. Just because I think solid piece of casting. You can't go wrong with John Goodman, especially when it's playing someone who loses all faith in humanity and then just cut, yeah. kills himself and goes mad. Just like in Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Martin Hawkins, the the the, the, the original killer, patient. Yeah, the yeah. original patient that killed his family is Walton Goggins. Okay, yeah. The, I don't uh, even think I Walt need to Goggins explain that choice. is Hateful Eight. Yeah. He's the young racist the captain, not the not the general, oh, yeah. but the captain. Yeah, yeah, okay. Tarantino's best friend. Yeah, basically <laughs> all of Tarantino's shit these days. Uh, okay, cool. Because he's in um, Django as well as yeah. the as the as one of the slavers. Of the, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and then of course we do at, at the start of the film when when he's finding out about it, we do get to see J.K. Simmons as J- Jim Gordon. Get to see J.K. Simmons yeah. in my one as well. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that's that's it. That's that's about the gist of it. Andy, do you have any questions? It's good. I like I like that story to be honest. Mm. So I think basically you do anything on that story. I still feel we could have had Jeremy's Joker in there, mate. It's, Possibly, yeah. Like, it's fine. I don't like Jared Leto's Joker. I, yeah, I don't I mind just, it. He just this is, well, this, it, is, like, this is why I shouldn't chime in now because I'm there going. I don't like it. I think he's, but I, I can't side with him. I can't be like, yes, your your casting sounds good because I don't like the the other one. But I feel Jared Leto could be in it, I guess. But it's just, not, I was I'm so bitterly disappointed with that. I was just like, I think the main question that came up from yours is yeah. actually a question for you, Alex, Ooh. which is um, Paul went out of his way to put Jeffrey Dean Morgan in his film, and you've not <laughs> you've not cast him in there at all. It's because Jeffrey Dean Morgan, right? I don't look. I respect JDM too much to get him to neglect what he's doing in The Walking Dead at the moment. I feel like this might take away from his performance if he's spending too much time <laughs> taking part in japes. Um, <laughs> I don't want him to be cheapened by being in family entertainment. So your, your film is cheap, is what uh, you're my, saying? My film is, is that, family is this entertainment. What you're saying? I think it would be the wrong career move for Jeffrey Dean Morgan because he's seemingly going on a different path with what he's trying to do at the moment into a darker realm. That sounds perfect for him. I don't think he's quite right for George of the Jungle 3. <laughs> okay, Craven the Hunter. <laughs> oh. Okay, I think yeah. what we need to do is... I mean, well, okay, what I will I, I will concede one thing. Yep. It has a caveat, but I will concede this. Is it his has a story? No, because mine has a story. Mine has a story as well. Yes, it is the first DC film with an actual story. <laughs> that is interesting to me. However, what I will say is, yes, that probably is a better film. <laughs> However, I win the battle of the box office. Uh, More yeah. people will see my film than see that. I think you are right, because I think to do this my one properly, you would have to make it minimum 15. I think I I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be getting families for repeat no. viewing because they'll be like, "Oh, the monkey was funny." I feel what's going <laughs> like that bit where the monkey threw poo at Tim Allen's face was funny. <laughs> what's going to happen with yours is when you do the um, press a week before, yeah, it starts get the embargo gets lifted. Your fans are going to be telling you to shut down Rotten Tomatoes. But- because they're going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. The critics just hate Marvel. That's what they're going to be saying. No, because they won't hate that film because it's a good film. It's a it's a good Marvel film. It's a Marvel film. That gets you 60% on its own. Then you just add to that. Fan Forstick, how that went. Yeah, but Fan Forstick didn't have the involvement of Marvel in the same way this one will. Because Marvel have now got the agreement with Sony for Spider-Man, right? Yeah. that... Fan four sticks or Fox's problem, right? Uh, look, <laughs> thing is, what you forget is that Toy Story three is one of the most well-regarded films of uh, family films of the last ten years, right? Who is one of the stars of that film? Tom Hanks. Why have you not got Tom Hanks? In <laughs> Tim Allen. Timothy. Allen. Have you thought about putting Tom Hanks in? A film? I thought about it. I honestly did, and then thought, you know what? He's not as good at this kind of stuff as Tim Allen is. He's too good at playing nice sort of uh, guys who are, you know, maybe they're down on their luck or something. 
Tim Allen's good at having monkey thro- shit thrown at his face. <laughs> I've actually got another another question for your Craven film. Happy to bat it away do, quite easily. Do we get a cameo from the neighbour from Home Improvement? Oh, no, because he's dead. Oh, is he actually yeah, dead? Yeah, you can get a cameo from Al instead. Yeah, that, that'll do. Okay. Um, I'm getting more and more sold on his idea. Yeah, sad, no, sadly, um, sadly the neighbour died some years ago. What I think your challenge is here is, in my eyes... Paul has a better story, uh, and you need to, you need to basically set don't say story. Me. Say that's a film. Uh, Mark, <laughs> you need look, to tell Mark, me why I would want to see yours more than Paul's. Um. Okay. Have you ever wanted to see Tim Allen have shit thrown in his face by a monkey? Because if you no. say no, no, if you say no, I know you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, that that is actually on my bucket list. I know, I know <laughs> that you want to see that. Right. Think about this. Okay. Let me put it this way. We love Galaxy Quest, right? <laughs> Here at Dinosaur Man yeah. HQ, we love that Galaxy Quest. Okay. It's a really good film, right? This is sort of Galaxy Quest in New York. No, it isn't. Sort of is, if you think about <laughs> no, it. No, it isn't. Sort of is. No, it isn't. This is, this... He plays it with all the charm and arrogance of uh, Captain whatever his name was. But you're not creating a villain here. Oh, um... He gets punched in the face by Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure that makes him a villain. And then they make gives him makeup at the end. Of and it. he also gropes women inappropriately and men. To be honest, he doesn't he doesn't see boundaries Wait, like that. Okay, right. Here's here's something for you then. So he gropes women and men inappropriately. Yep. So he's wanted by the police. And it's also a family film. Yeah. Uh, not not like, it's not like fucking hardcore explicit groping where it's like things go in other it's places. It's not like it gets added to the sex offenders register or anything. Like well. That. You know, that doesn't get mentioned, but obviously that's going to be a byproduct through the legal system. That's obviously <laughs> going to happen. But we don't need to think about that because we're just like, oh, well, then he slips over a banana skin. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> what what I'm guaranteeing you is an hour and a half, and it won't be much longer than that because I don't think we can make this <laughs> joke last longer. It will be an hour and a half of good, solid family fun. Think about family films recently, right? We saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this year. Yeah, we did. Bad film. Didn't like it. <laughs> We also saw another family film, probably. I don't know, did we? We haven't seen another family film this year No, we yet. might have. I can't think of what. Oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Ghostbusters, right? Ghostbusters did what it did fairly well. This does what it's doing even better. <laughs> because we're going off the tried and tested formula of Jungle to Jungle, George of the Jungle, Crocodile Dundee, Coming to America. I'm glad you mentioned Coming to America because that is exactly the sort of film I want this to be. Funny, heartwarming, and at the same time, makes you think about life a little bit and about the way we view other people. Teach us a little bit about prejudice. I don't think uh, think it's a bad lesson to learn. Do we have any major action sequences in yours? Yeah, he chases chases Spider-Man across the roof. For about ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Look, the thing is, you can like... put an action sequence in, and that doesn't mean anything. Know, it know, makes the film instantly it's gonna, worse. It's gonna be a bit, so that's going to be like a little <laughs> parkour sequence. Yeah, basically. parkour. Yeah, and but obviously, like it will be funny because it's going to be Tim Allen running across rooftops, <laughs> and who doesn't want to see him like fall? Like, because what he'll do? Are you going to make fall off the rooftop? Oh, Santa Claus. shit! My God. Okay. What happens is. There's one bit where he's running across a rooftop. He gets to the edge of the roof. But normally when he's in a jungle running through trees, there's vines swinging across. Yeah. Ain't no vines here. He swings across, holding onto a vine that doesn't exist. And he just falls <laughs> straight into the building. And then just slides down like, a window like this. Basically, you've just done a scene from George of a Jungle there. Yes. <laughs> high level comedy. High concept comedy. That's what we're doing here. I told you, this is going to be funny as balls. Okay. I didn't tell you the release date. Okay. <laughs> Third week of June. I thought he was just going to go Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Third week of June, right? Yeah. So we're hitting that summertime box office. It's sweet. We're getting repeat viewings from families. Yeah. Fuck it. As soon as the kids break up from school, they'll be coming in in the daytime to see this shit. Do you not feel like as it's no, Tim Allen No, I, I don't feel that way. to release it at Christmas. No, because Tim Allen... Toy Story 3. Santa Claus. Santa Claus 2. Santa could, Claus yeah. 3. The three Santa Claus films, notwithstanding, uh, and Christmas for the, with the Cranks, of course, notwithstanding, <laughs> all of his other films, summertime releases. You know why? He is the king of summer. 
Just like <laughs> Don Henley. Sorry, no, that was Boys of Summer. It's <laughs> a different thing. Look, okay. Okay, uh, awesome. right, fi- right. My final, My final point is, my final point, I will make at least $1.2 billion at the box office. I know that. I don't need to defend that. <laughs> I'm shocked and offended that you are making me try and defend that when I've clearly got a scientific algorithm that is bulletproof. An algorithm that just adds... An algorithm yeah. okay. that just keeps I've, on printing money. I've just got one last counter-argument for you. Okay. Now, it's not about the, the algorithm. Love to hear it, because... Perfect. Right, just going back to your casting. Yeah. So your Tim Allen, your Golden, Sylvester Sloan as the wise old worked in Creed. He got a fucking Oscar yeah. nom. We'll get an Oscar nom. Um, get two now. Best monkey. What you said. <laughs> what you said at the start of the film was that at this point, Craven is in his forties. Yep. I don't think Tim Allen can play. A man in his 40s. Uh, no, I said he was a grown man. I said he was in You like said 45. 40, 40 to 50, I think. I no, no, you said 45. All right, fine. Benjamin Button, that shit, will make him look young. Right, so a bit uh, No, have you seen that? Tim Allen recently? He looks pretty good. <laughs> he does look all right. And you know how you also left Jeffrey Dean Morgan out to... So no, don't, so, don't, so, don't so, bring so, that so back he, in. So he can focus on his TV stuff in The Walking Dead because it might affect his performance. Don't, don't you feel like... I don't want Negan to be shit, mate. Don't you feel like Tim Allen Would in be, Home Jeff Improvement 2 might be uh, negatively affected by being in this big blockbuster film? I really don't think anything can negatively affect his performance in any of the TV work he's done <laughs> since Home Improvement. Because <laughs> every series he's done since has been terrible. What I'm offering is a chance for Tim Allen to, A, redeem himself for Last Man Standing. <laughs> okay. Bad series. And whatever else he's doing these days. It is terrible. I'm not, no arguments there. Right. I'm giving him a chance to redeem himself. I'm giving Spider-Man chan- fans a chance to see a big, bright, colourful so- comic book film. I'm giving Marvel and Sony a licence to print money for fucking decades. <laughs> and, you know what? Original soundtrack. Original soundtrack. Guess who it's by? Panic at the Disco. Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And I say original soundtrack, what I mean is the last song will, of course, be All Star, but everything yeah. else up until that point will be them probably doing their own sort of album tracks. Okay. <laughs> they'll do their Christmas song. It's, there'll be a bit of Christmas. A few, a few when he arrives in New York, it's Christmas time. Perfect. It's snowy. Jeff Goldblum so, takes him in. So it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, but then it progresses to the summer. In June. Yeah, but like he has six months in that June time Christmas movie. He has six months in New York where he's just living life and getting into scrapes, and then come June time, that's when Spider Man punches him in the face. <laughs> Takes him six months, but he becomes the villain. CNN puts it on TV. Let's not forget. Let's not forget about that brilliant scene where he's standing in front of a shop window and there's <laughs> loads of TVs, and he's looking through the window pane of his life. I feel like I've put too much thought into my film. I feel like you didn't put enough Tim Allen into your film. <laughs> I feel like, uh, also, that's horrible to say because it implies that I didn't put any thought into my film when I created an algorithm. Let's not forget the algorithm. I'm really riding this hard because I think that's my key thing. I have an algorithm, Andy. Which of these films do you decide to make, Mr. Hollywood? Right. My choice is not based on which is the better story, which is the better movie. Because it's obvious that's Paul's. Right, Thank without you. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I mean, to say it under hushed breath. But I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to think about which has the better, which one fits better into its universe. Okay, good. Because that's still probably Paul. Yeah, good. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I'm not even going to decide on who has the better algorithm. What? The algorithm's <laughs> literally the only thing I have going for me. Because you're the only one with an algorithm. It probably comes down to casting and who I think I can believe in these roles. Right? Yes. And that's Paul's. What? Yes. Tim Allen! Because he's the only one with Jeffrey Dean Morgan in his film. <laughs> and you were given a chance to backtrack. Why would I backtrack? That's a coward's way out. Fine. Alright. Hang on. It comes down to, yet again, which one has <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan <laughs> in the biggest role. <laughs> what did you think it would come down to? This is how it was decided last time, except Barrett didn't care about that stuff. He just cared <laughs> that I didn't have carnage in it until the end. <laughs> no, I think Paul actually made a So I go too serious. People would watch. People would watch Craven falling over and getting monkey shit thrown in his face. 
Would Marvel make it, though? No. Yes, they would! (laughs) No, they wouldn't. Come on. This is an untapped market for them. They're branching out into, oh, well, let's make spy films. Let's make this kind of a... Let's make a fucking 90s comedy film. Why not? Because nobody's making 90s comedies anymore. Oh, yeah. And isn't it that thing where we've had the 80s come back into fashion, now it's time for the 90s to come back into fashion? Isn't isn't there going to be a Bad Boys 3? Oh... Looks like you've just blown your film out of the water. Yeah, Bad Boys 3 argument. Drop the mic. <laughs> you might have won there. Yeah, because you still haven't got Jeffrey D. Morgan. So. <laughs> okay, so that. Okay, so for next time, when we do part three of this podcast, <laughs> I need to have Jeffrey Dean Morgan in. Well, I feel that he needs to be in everything. I feel like we need a new judge. <laughs> I don't think you're the best judge because I think you're just listening out for three words. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> Pretty much. But also, if, if you'd said Jeffrey Goldblum, then you would have you picked up. I would have got a third of the way there. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum was always yeah. good to see, but he's no JDM. <laughs> you know, the JDM fan club is not coming to watch your film. <laughs> you have a weird obsession with him. I don't get it at all. In fairness, a lot of people do. Uh, 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 Andy is not the only person I know who goes on about how much they love Jeffrey He's a Dean great Morgan. man. He's not the only person you know who does this. Yeah. Mostly it's supernatural. You need more friends, friends. To be honest. No! John Winchester. Not... The comedian. Thomas Wayne. The guy from The Losers. <laughs> the husband from The Good Wife. Negan. Negan! <laughs> okay, fine. So. Okay, but, but basically, yes, I want more Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but also, it's a, clearly a much better <laughs> film. Mine makes so much money. I do, I do think that yours could make... If it wasn't a Craven the Hunter film, I think yours would be a solid, solid uh, No, because then family. That's, that's just a thing that's already been done before. The new thing is adding Craven the hunter is. <laughs> this film, you may not have guessed, was a very thinly veiled George of the Jungle <laughs> film. <laughs> if you take away the sheen of, oh, it's Craven the Hunter this time, it's just I that. Honestly, I honestly believe it take out Craven the Hunter and it's still not a successful film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. That, no, that's what I'm saying. It has to have Craven the Hunter in to make it a successful film. It makes the algorithm work. It adds that 700 million. The algorithm falls apart <laughs> if you start taking out parts. <laughs> I didn't think this was a complicated concept, but clearly it is. The algorithm is be all and end all. I think you lose. Okay, well, I reluctantly admit defeat in this case. Who would have thought, eh? Mm, The second time, I was so close last time as well. So I went too dark the first time, then went too funny the next time. There's no middle ground. I I don't don't think think that's going to be too funny. I don't think you have to worry about that. I think monkey poo is funny in any language. Okay, well, that's where we're going to have to leave it for this episode, I believe. Because uh, now I've got a great sadness growing within myself <laughs> and I need to have a long, hard think about Tim Allen's career. Um, Paul, thank you for joining us. My absolute Would you like pleasure. to plug anything? Have you? Uh, no, there is nothing to plug at the moment. No podcast? So, no, no, not at the moment. Okay. Going under a rebrand. Rebrand? Woo! So, rebrand. exciting. Ooh, so maybe yeah. next episode you'll so, have something to yeah, tell us about. Maybe by the time next episode in a minute. Maybe by the time this airs I can... We'll, we'll tweet a link to yeah. <laughs> a new podcast. Uh, Andy, we can be found where? At Dinosaur Man Nerdcast on Facebook, at Dinosaur Man 15 on Twitter. Stitcher, iTunes, Buzzsprout, subscribe on all three. Download Stitcher if you've got an Android. Download iTunes if you've got an iTunes machine. <laughs> What's it called? iPhone. Um, do rate and subscribe leave a nice little comment if you agree that Tim Allen needs more work please just hashtag team Tim time team Tim Tim time Tim the tall man Taylor time (laughs) Um, hashtag if you agree that um, John Goodman's gonna follow Cloverfield Lane by doing another Cloverfield Lane performance hashtag bad man good man bad man good man even his hashtags are better (laughs) <laughs> I, I think hashtag Tim Tool time two time till the time Tim time it's changed since the last time you said it that's better um, and if you think uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is one of the greatest actors of our generation you are on your own hashtag JDM for life <laughs> using number four and life about LYF lovely stuff <laughs>
Uh, anyway, that's it for uh, the podcast. Thanks for joining me as Zen for the theme song. Oh, got it in there just before I was about to cut him off. Yes, thanks, Johnny Neves. Thank you for that theme song. Uh, until next time, I think that's it. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Alex. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, until next time, don't go asylum crazy. Dinosaur. Dinosaur man.